The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Pachak. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Pachak Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from George's Covert, hey, what's Hitler doing in here? It's Doctor Who Pachak. Doctor Who Podshop. Okay, well, let's do it now. I, you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifreyan Embassy. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. We blew that. Podshock! I'm the Doctor, and who are you? And who are you? Who are you? Hey, left, shot Seriously? Well, you never answer your phone. Have you found Melody? You know who she grows up to be, so you know I will find her. You said he was funny. You never said he was hot. Mel! Well, what are you doing here? Following you? What do you think? Um, where did you get the car? Sorry. Doctor not following this. Doctor very lost. You never said I was hot. Is that the phone box? The bigger on the inside phone box. And that's me, out of time. Mouse! For God's sake! What are you doing? I need out of here now. Anywhere in particular? Well, let's see. You've got a time machine, I've got a gun. What the hell? Let's kill Hitler. You shot the console! It's your fault! You said we're in a state of temporal grace! Oh, that was a clever lie, you idiot! What do you want? Do not call for help. This room has been sound screened. You have been found guilty. Justice mode activating. We've got incoming. What the hell is that? Doctor, this guy, I think he's hurt. Hang on. It's fine. Oh, hello. Sorry, is this your office? Is that... No, it can't be, Doctor. Thank you, whoever you are. I think you have just saved my life. Believe me, it was an accident. This box... What is it? It's a police telephone box from London, England. That's right, Adolf. The British are coming. Stop him! Damn it, 
Sit still. Shut up. Don't worry, what can we do? Just keep her conscious. When I was little, I was going to marry you. Good idea. Let's get married. You stay alive and I'll marry you, deal? Shouldn't you ask my parents' permission? As soon as you're well, I'll get them on the phone. Might as well do it now, since they're both right here. What the hell's going on? Back, 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 get back! Last time I did this, I ended up a toddler in the middle of New York. Okay, Doctor, explain what is happening, please. Bells. Short for... Melody. Yeah, Yeah, I named my daughter after her. You named your daughter after your daughter? It took me years to find you two. You got to raise me after all. You're a Melody. But if she's Melody, that means that she's also... Shut up, Dad. I'm focusing on a dress size. Let's see, then. Ooh, it's all going on down there, isn't it? Everything changes. Oh, but I love it. I love it. Well, welcome to Doctor Who Podshark. The Gallifrey NBC presents Doctor Who Podshark, episode 254. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me on this show is Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Yeah, I'm sorry I was a little late. I got lost in a crop circle. <laughs> you say that to all the podcasts out there. Yeah, um, and uh, just a comment for you there. Um, that was a rather long clip, so thank you for doing that. Well, thank you for putting the clip together. So we wouldn't even have the clip if it wasn't for your handiwork. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, we'll move on. Yavol. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what we're here, I obviously, if from that clip, we're here to review uh, Doctor Who, Let's Kill Hitler. We're also reviewing on the same show, Night Terrors. We're reviewing two episodes because last week, this, last week at this time, we had Hurricane Irene visiting here. So um, it meant that I had to postpone those two live shows. When I say two, I meant uh, Doctor Who Pajak as well as, as well as Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. So both shows are resuming this week, and this is usually the time slot for Hitchhiker's Guide to British British Sci-Fi. So if you're tuning in for that, please know that it's coming on at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This is the normal time slot for Doctor Who Podshock. And so this is sort of a, an experiment, and we'll see how well um, it works as far as timing goes, as far as the schedule goes. After today, we, as far as Hitchhiker's Guide goes, we only have two more live review shows to do So um, after today. So it shouldn't be too difficult. But we're not reviewing Torchwood in this episode. We're reviewing Doctor Who, and Doctor Who is back. It returned last week with "Let's Kill Hit" with "Let's Kill Hitler," and it's um and it was just on yesterday. We were recording this on Sunday. It was just on yesterday uh, with "Night Terrors," which is the second episode of the second half of the 2011 series. Before we go any further, because we, we we have a lot to uh, jam pack into this episode, so before we go any further, we'll sound off. Even though it's probably too late for this after that long clip, but we'll sound it off anyway. And it's it's especially appropriate today um, because this is, um, this catchphrase really came about because of River Song. Spoilers! Spoilers again! Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoilers. 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 
spoilers. Spoilers. So anything after this point is spoiler. Well, actually, anything before this point as well was spoiler territory. But we have to assume that you're listening. If you're listening now, you've seen Let's Kill, Let's Kill Hitler. And it turns out that, you know, which, you know, this episode before it was transmitted, before it was aired, got a lot of attention because of its title. And it turns out that really the story had very little to do with Hitler. And, um, you know, it, it's only the first few minutes of the story that that he even has a part in it. And the rest of it really, I mean, it's all really about River Song. And I'm going to do my best to <laughs> to say River Song and not, because for some reason the last, um, I don't know why, but the last few live shows I've been slipping in River Phoenix for some reason. And now hopefully I, I can, now that I just said it, hopefully I got it out of my system. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> So, oh, God, you make mistakes like the, I mean, it's like the impossible planet instead of the impossible astronaut. Yeah, well, that that would, I knew going into that that was going to be um, a difficult one. <laughs> Let's kill Hitler. It starts off, it's not very, I mean, it picks up where we left off with a good man goes to war, but it doesn't pick up immediately after that. Uh, we have to assume that some time has gone by. I mean, after all, the doctor has a new coat that we see him in, and we have to we have to assume that's probably from a previous unseen adventure that he's because he starts off, even though it's very fitting for the you know the time era that they go into. But um, he starts off in the in the cornfields with it. It is cornfields. Yeah, it's marvellous, isn't it? The poor actor. They're filming that in high summer because of the uh, obviously the uh, the the corn or maize or whatever it is. Not maize, wheat, is it? And uh, when we watched the the Hungry Earth one, where it was absolutely you know the, we could see snow in the background in some of the scenes, the poor lad's in a in just his little jacket. So they just like to mess him about, I think. It's a great coat. I love the long coat. I mean, I really hope you know. One one thing I, I don't like is when the doctor and and for that matter the companions start wearing uniforms where their outfits just mm. become so. So, you know, even if it's a slight variation of the shirt or whatever, I mean, what I really what I really enjoy if, when you go back to like John Pertwee's error and most of um, Tom Baker's error, when Jonathan Turner came in, he changed it. But before that, uh, the, you know, it, it had a there. It wasn't a uniform, but just a style of dress. And the coats would change. The scarves would change. The, the, the frilly shirts would change. I mean, the, it was just, um, you know. A style that they had, and then Jonathan Turner came, and everything started becoming more uniform. And since then, it's been less so with the new series coming back after 2005. But uh, it'd be great to see Matt Smith wearing different coats and not just, you know, just changing it up a little bit, still keeping the same style, but just changing it up a little bit. I know he has different ties, and of course, he has different hats, but. But a great, uh, another great episode teaser start. I mean, uh, how many people, when they saw that sports car coming through the field, uh, was thinking that it was going to be uh, River Song? That well, exactly. I mean, they, I, they, I was expecting, but, hello, sweetie, you know, with that silhouette, because all of a sudden, you know, Mel's comes out and you don't see who it is. You just see a figure uh, in shadow, a silhouette. And I was expecting, hello, sweetie. And I didn't, you know, we don't hear that. And. So obviously, then it wasn't just me that it was that it was overly or overtly obvious that 
entrance was a river song entrance, you know. And of course, in a way, it was. Well, it it was, but it wasn't just foreshadowing. I, I think it was sort of purposely done that way. So, um, you know, but it's one of these, and I have to say that I saw this episode, and I, I said before that we're not going to be reviewing Torchwood here, but just for those that do are following the Torchwood um, Miracle Day, I saw this episode last week, obviously when it was transmitted last week, um, and the latest one on BBC was Immortal Sins at that time. So I saw these kind of back-to-back, and um, again, without giving anything away with Torchwood, but there's a a new character that was sort of introduced in Immortal Sins, which is episode seven of Torchwood, which we hadn't seen before, ever before in Torchwood or in Torchwood, um, the series of Torchwood, Miracle Day. And I felt, you know, the same thing was happening in this Doctor Who episode. All of a sudden, they, you know, out of necessity, they bring back Mel. Well, they not bring back, they introduce Mel's as a character because it was needed, you know, and... Um, I'm not too sure about that. It's very unlike Stephen Moffat because usually he's one to kind of plant things ahead of time and, you know, try to um, make you, um, you know, and then he'll incorporate them in later on. You know, he'll he'll seed things in. But I guess this is one of the things that he he wasn't able to seed in earlier on. You know, it would have been really interesting if if she was at the wedding, let's just say. You know, they they kind of cover up that that she doesn't do weddings, and um, I don't blame her. But, you know, so, uh, but she actually, River Song does. She, well, she made a a guest appearance, you know, at at that wedding at the end, if you recall. Mm, Yeah, it it was a little bit, uh, when I referenced it before, it was a little bit like if anybody follows Buffy. Uh, when it was on screen, when they suddenly introduced a new season and Buffy, who'd been a single child, uh, had suddenly gained a sister. Uh, No explanation, just suddenly there. And uh, I won't say why that becomes a story plot point, but, uh, you know, it was this um, very strange, funny name, Mel's. uh, But, um, yeah, the the young lady who played that part. That, that's uh, what Mel said about River Song, by the way. I'm, I'm just what you said funny name. You just said funny name Mel's, and that's yeah. what River Song said about I mean, that's what Mel said about River Song. <laughs> funny name. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Maya Glace Green, uh, the actress, um, but um, the, the whole thing where she hijacks the doctor entirely basically, you know, I've got a gun, let's go kill Hitler, made for a brilliant teaser into it, and I think the whole as you said uh, slightly earlier, that uh, the whole "let's kill Hitler" plot was basically all dressing, wasn't it? That I, wasn't I should point out, the, Dave, the in any sense, really. Dave, I should just point out that um, that's the young actress. That's the young actress that played young Mel's. The older, oh. more adult at, um, is is Nina Tressant White, if I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, well done. Yes, it, Nina Tressant White. Yes, well done. So I didn't mean to interrupt you as you, no, as you were saying. No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, that is, yeah, uh, so, uh, that actress. And um, the, I mean, I don't know how we were talking all the way through it, but um, one of the things that had been pointed out to me as well was that although you can argue whether she is, uh, in fact, uh, a time person, time lady, time lord, in terms of the fact that she isn't really, but she can regenerate, as we find out. Uh, we actually do see her as a, um, a person with coloured skin 
who then regenerates into the river song that she becomes uh, and changes colour. So mm. uh, that does at least put into the canon, and this is not this is something that Darth Skeptical came up with, and uh, it was an important point, I think, the fact that... Um, that there is more fluidity in terms of what well, uh, what can happen during in, the regeneration. In, in a sense, uh, it's just skin pigmentation. So, I mean, just, just like the doctor can go from brunette to blonde to he's still not ginger, ginger. yet, but <laughs> but could be ginger. He hopes that one one day. So, I you know I, I see it more in, in line with that. Uh, the, the I just feel that there should be just some sort of you know restriction with regeneration you know uh that's why even though i, I have no, nothing against a um going changing genders but I, there just should be some something that's constant and if genders want it, it could be that then let it be that because then yeah. it just gets too whimsical and too uh, you know and that's why i also disagreed with um if you go back to um, christopher eccleson when he was about to regenerate he was saying oh well you know you could have two heads or no heads or whatever and, and saying all and i, and I just figured he's just talking nonsense but you know again a humanoid form would have to be one of the constants as well it's just it's just like the sonic uh, sonic screwdriver okay well it doesn't do wood but it just it needs some limitation it does everything else though i mean it, it can cook a boiled egg and do you know almost anything else it becomes a magic wand and i just i i Again, I, I like to see, because Doctor Who's format lends itself that it's it can go any time in any place because it's it, it's a time you know the TARDIS can bring you it it has this wide open format so to kind of balance it there needs to be some restrictions and if you just let loose and let everything go, you know put no restrictions on anything even like the regeneration cap of course. The, doc, the doctor's character is going to continue after twelve regenerations, but I just liked having that that restriction there. Somehow he'll get, he'll get around it, but still, you know, I just liked having some restrictions because it's such an open format that it needs some restrictions to kind of balance it. Well, well, we've got a possible solution to that in this episode because um, when when the the the, the person in the body of River Song who doesn't identify with that name, she still considers herself to be Melody. When she's confronted with the um, information from the um, uh, Amy robot, and she is convinced when she sees it do that tessellation or whatever it's called into her figure, and she realizes that when they're talking about River Song, they are indeed talking about her, and that she has that connection with the doctor and so on. And, and the, there was a very nice bit uh, as well um, when, when the, the girl gets shot, and the doctor will say, You know, um, will you get better and I'll marry you? <laughs> Which was, was a nice little scene. But the, the, the point is that. Um, when she does realise that the Doctor is being uh, dying of poison, and this is funny, isn't it? We've had the Doctor wounded in so many ways and, and, and survive, but here, like he had with Ray, the Tenth Doctor, had the radiation poisoning. It seems that po poisoning might be a little bit of his Achilles' heel. Uh, no doubt that uh, the people that set River Song up to be, um, you know, the psychopathic killer of the Doctor, uh, knew what was the most likely thing to actually kill the Doctor. But the point is that she then turns around and she imbues the Doctor with her remaining regenerations. Now, my thought as immediately as I saw that is that if, if we assume we've seen her change two or three times, 
basically she's just given him eight regenerations if you're going to think of this imposed limit as being you know um an actual concrete limit that that normally can't be done uh, I mean, I know with the master he had a, a whole new set of regenerations yeah, given, yeah. but basically that you can't just come by them willy nilly. Well, but in a way, there is a yeah. possible thing here. She uh, gave uh, of him course, yeah. eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's the Sarah Jane Adventures episode where he said something. You know, uh, he. Well, I forgot 500, the, yeah, 400 or yeah. whatever it was. He's, it was some three-digit figure that he said. Um, we don't know whether or not he was just talking or not. Or um, I always kind of my my own little theory was that it was restricted by Gallifrey and the Time Lords, and now that they're supposedly gone, that restriction was somehow lifted. So it was sort of like you know, depending on how many how much energy of the, the of the vortex you have within you, whatever. And and as far as her being a Time Lady or a Time Lord. They explain that she's a a child of the TARDIS, you know, since she was born on the TARDIS in in the vortex or whatever. So supposedly that's um, is, you know, makes her akin to a Time Lord or a Time Lady. But I would, you know, she doesn't have the training of one. You know, I I would imagine, you know, coming out of Gallifrey and, you know, there were all different types of Time Lords, you know, whether there was the Pydorians and the, the you know, there were different houses and whatever. So I think there's more to it than just yeah. being able to regenerate. Yeah. I mean, I think if Graham was here, he would say, uh, if, it, if it wasn't like that, basically all the Doctor needs to do is uh, grab a, a passing couple and say, you know, uh, the honeymoon suite's free. You've created another new time, Lord. I mean, th- there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. And but going back to now, you had mentioned this the the lipstick that she's wearing, and when I mean when when did she put these this 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 lipstick on, and and was she given to her by this um by the silence, and and was she wearing it all this time, and it doesn't affect you know how if if it if it's geared to kill time lords, it doesn't affect her you know and well. It's, yeah, I mean, there's a way around that. She, is she regenerated goes, she with, with the, it on? I mean, it, did it stay with it? I mean, the whole, her whole body changed, yet the lipstick was still on her? Because we didn't see her put on lipstick while in that scene. So, she, well, she goes to the bathroom, doesn't she? She goes to check out. Okay, all right. Uh, okay. Where she goes, oh, that's right. Wear that's jumpers. right. I forgot about uh, that. So she goes out there. So She could have put, she, yeah, put it on that, that time. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. And one would presume, of course, she's got. She puts on a, another protective layer on her lips first, uh, and then uh, puts it on. So, it, but I, the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know. I was going to say. I mean, it was uh, lovely the way the uh, the whole episode was geared round. I mean, that that stateroom, Hitler's stateroom, uh, was very well dressed and and looked the part. Um, I had mm-hmm. a. Let me let me say up front. I didn't really like the story, but I liked the episode. In other words, um, I felt you know this whole idea of uh, it it was all done to get the jokes in and the and the titles in and the puns in. And then we of course we have Rory doing a a rather good uh, good uh, impression. It was good of him the way he socks uh, Hitler and uh, tells him to sit down, and then he bundles him into a cupboard. All that works rather well. Um, and there's a lovely little scene of them uh, all sitting down uh, against Hitler's desk, you know, when it's sort of saying, this is getting a bit too much for me, you know, my head's banging, and, uh, well, that's probably Hitler knocking on the door, you know. Um, but really, the whole 
crux of the story is that we do learn an awful lot more about uh, not only who River Song is, but uh, you know her mission, uh, the the fact that in, in effect this person that we first met as a, a person that was already totally in love with the Doctor who we met in Silence of the Library um, had a very different uh, um, genesis, as it were. Ooh, genesis of the... <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. There was an awful lot in it there, and I really did enjoy that. Well, uh, as you say, there's there's a lot in here. There's lots of little chunks, and there's lots of scenes, and I, I think this is one of those episodes that I enjoy the parts more than the sum of the whole, because as a whole, I'm, I, do, yeah. I, I don't really... It's not that great, but just if you break it down into chunks and little parts and scenes, I, I enjoy them individually, but altogether, it just doesn't seem to hold up well. But, but yeah, there, there's just there's a lot to like in in this in small pieces uh, what about the the what did you think of the scene where there's this sort of battle of wits going on between river song and the doctor and uh, they do a little bit like if anybody here in the room has seen uh, the latest episodes of sherlock you know the the quickly moving thing where uh, this very strange word comes out hello benjamin and you think is that the, is that the doctor's real name uh, and then she goes up to him, and then we have this sort of a little bit like we saw in the. I think the first time we saw it was in the eleventh hour. Mm-hmm, yeah, you remember on the green when mm-hmm, they were doing sure. this funny camera yeah. sort of still photography footage thing. And, and, and you're uh, right. And they do that in Sherlock Holmes, and any, every time they do that in Doctor Who, I think of Sherlock Holmes again. This is a uh, Stephen Mop. I should also back up. We we forgot to. Um, we went right into the review of this. This was directed by Richard Senior and written by Stephen Moffat. So, and Stephen Moffat is one of the producers of um, the new Sherlock Holmes series. It's just called Sherlock, right? Yes. So, and if you've seen that, they do. Sherlock is a, um, as you know, Sherlock Holmes uh, pieces together clues and stuff that we kind of take for granted. He he notices Sherlock notices everything when he enters the room. You know, everything from the the, the fibers in one's shirt to you know what might be tracked on the floor. But he kind of sees it all. And the doctor is the same way, supposedly. You know, he notices everything, and they kind of piece things together the same. And the, the storytelling device that they both series uses now is sort of using flashbacks within the same episode. They do it again in Night Terrors too, where, I don't want to jump the gun because we haven't started reviewing that, but the Doctor uh, starts piecing together um, things that are transpiring there by um, what he had just seen earlier in that same story. Right. Well, with this scene in Battle of Wits, I mean, the whole point was to try and show that she'd been uh, designed to be uh, the only person that could get close enough to kill him. But um, it was a very good misdirection in a way because uh, the gun is not the threat, of course. She's, she almost knows that she's got to fail, or at least let the doctor think she's failed, for his guard to go down so then she can kiss him and actually do the deed, as it were. And, of course, we get the famous uh, Moffat banana in that scene. <laughs> uh, you know, banana daiquiris, anybody? Uh, so, um, that's it. But it did, uh, for me, it was just a little overdone. I, I had this uh, flashback myself to Curse of the Fatal Death when I was watching it. 
the curse. You know, um, the, you know, the, the joke one. Oh, oh the, yeah, that's, the Stephen Moffat did that as well. Uh, yeah. well. I went back in time and I paid the man not to put the thing there. Yes, he yes. Says, no, but mm-hmm. I knew you'd do that, so I went back in time. That's right, and I, I forgot about that. Twice as much money, uh-huh. you know, and so on. Yeah, there was a lot and, of that. Uh, yeah. Well, it also, it, it reminded me of a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with because we find out, you know, because we still don't know what's this war against the Doctor. Supposedly, you know, the the the, the patch the, the patch lady had put together this, you know, this scheme to, you know, with Melody and programmed her to kill the Doctor, and and it's all because of this war with the Doctor and the silences. We still don't know why the silence is out to kill the Doctor. You know, we know that there. It's not a race; it's sort of a religion or order. And to answer the the oldest question, uh, the question that's hidden in plain sight, and um, but they don't know what the question is. And I know the answer is forty two, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It was slightly bemusing that part, but. Um uh, yeah, I mean, like Craftmasters put when we're talking about the scene, you know, I know what you know, and I know that you know what I know, so I turn the fruit bowl and so on. But um, I thought it was a little bit overdone, but again, um, I suppose um, they were just trying to sort of make the do- make it feel that though she'd she'd basically uh, when when she leaves via the window. That we're to assume that uh, you know she's battled with the doctor. The doctor's come out on top, and she's sort of beating a retreat while she thinks of a better plan. And maybe that we're all thinking, oh, well, it's all right. We know she couldn't have killed him here because we know that the doctor's going to die at Lake Silencio. I think we now know it's mm-hmm. called um, that we saw in episode one, the Impossible Astronaut. So. Um, uh, in fact, there's a there's a little bit of a, a hint in a way to this that um, we have these these robot figures very well done by the uh, the mill by the way. Yeah. And, and apologies to people listening, we are jumping around somewhat with this, which is inevitable with 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 a with a two hander here. But sure. um, uh, when when the soldier comes into the Hitler's room mm-hmm. uh, and they're just about to destroy him, and of course that's all interrupted by the TARDIS crashing through the window. They suddenly realise it's uh, it's the wrong date. It's too early. Well, when you've heard that, and then you have this battle of wits with River Song and the Doctor, you think, well, she was bound to fail because it's too early. Because we know he's actually going to die, you know, uh, in in uh, Arizona yeah. at this lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a bit of misdirection to us because as she said, he says, no warning for me, and she says, no, the deed is done. And uh, and then of course we we have this Achilles heel, as I said, of the Doctor seemingly uh, poison seems to be. I, I suppose what it is is that something when he gets shot, like he got hit by a glancing uh, blow from a Dalek once, a sudden um, injury will trigger his regeneration perhaps more quickly than a slow acting poison. Yeah, well, we know that the you know even with the regeneration cycle, it's you still can die as a time lord. You yeah. know, so it, what I, I mean, it just seemed like oh well, this whatever this poison is disabled the regeneration process. It's it, that seemed a little far fetched, but whatever. You know, I it, it's it, it didn't that didn't bother me as some of the other things in this episode was because this episode comes off i mean granted this a couple of months that there were no no episodes but in a sense this comes right after a good man goes to war and in that we have um 
we see Rory has is really taken charge. He 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 um uh, is it wasn't in that episode where he addresses the Cybermen and he he he's, he seems to be really you know when when his child is at at risk here he's he's not taking any prisoners you know and he's really. Um, you know, he was he, he was in that Roman costume and all that, but he was still taking charge. And now, I mean, after, we see him punch Hitler here, but that's about it. Then he's wimpy again in this episode, and 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 in the next next episode, he seems to be back to the old wimpy worry again. So I I think that was a sort of a little disappointment there because I thought we've seen a change in Rory, but he's he seems to be back to be the the same Rory as ever. And also Amy, I, I, and again, I, I don't mean to do a comparison again, but it just happens that I had watched this episode on the same back to back with the Tortured Miracle Day, Immortal Sins, and and I'm, again, I'm not going to get into that because you may or may not, our audience may or may not have seen that, but just in that we see Gwen's character going to the extremes for her baby, and. It's very different than Amy here, who seems to have no maternal instinct for her infant. Yeah, she knows that Mel's turns out to be her daughter, and 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 River Song is her daughter, and she's in this episode here. But she just had a baby. You would think that she still would want to find her infant baby, and and that's she seems to have lost. Like that's like completely doesn't face her at all. So it just it just seems to be. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a woman, I'm not a mother, uh, but I would just think that's a part of a maternal instinct that if you just had a baby, you still want to protect you. Even if you see and, and logically and rationally you reason, well, this adult is my daughter, you still want to, you, you would still want your daughter, you still want your infant baby back somehow. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the, the very first bit, the tease before the opening credits, I mean, they go to the whole trouble of writing the doctor's name in the in the field. Uh, because she's saying, you know, have you found it yet? Have you found it yet? So that is slightly addressed, but I re- I, I, I take what you say, it, it then fades into the Then she kind of forgets somewhat. all about the baby, and now, you know, she's happily to accept her, you know, as Mel's, and then River Song after, you know, which logically and, and rationally, yes, but uh, I think there's something more to a... a, a you know, a new, a newly, a, a new, I don't want to say newly wed, newly mother, you know, something, there's, there's more to a, a, there's more maternal instinct after you have a child, I would think. I don't know. Right. I was going to marry you. Good idea. Let's get married. You say live and I'll marry you. Deal? Shouldn't you ask my parents' permission? As soon as you're well, I'll get them on the phone. Might as well do it now. Since they're both right here. What the hell's going on? Last time I did this, I, I ended up a toddler. You named your daughter after your daughter. You got to raise me after all. You're a Melody. But if she's Melody, that means that she's also... Shut up, Dad. I'm focusing on a dress size. (sighs) (sighs) Right. Ooh, it's all going on down there, isn't it? That's Melody. It's Riversong. Who's Riversong? Spoilers... Melody Pond, the woman who kills the doctor. I was trained and conditioned for one purpose. I was born to kill the doctor. Demons run. Mum, Dad, don't follow me, and yes, that is a warning. No warning for me, then. No need, my love. The deed is done. What's wrong with you? What's she done to you? Poison me. 
Oh, Amelia Pond. I am not Amelia Pond. I am a voice interface. You will be dead in 32 minutes. Amelia. Fish fingers and custard. Custard! Who wants me dead? The silence. What is the silence? The silence is not a species. It is a religious order or movement. Their core belief is that silence will fall when the question is asked. What question? Unknown. What are you doing? Just tell me, the doctor, is he worth it? Yes, he is. What are you doing? Hello, sweetie. Where am I? You're safe now. Apparently, you used all your remaining regenerations in one go. So that's it, we just leave her there. Greatest hospital in the universe. Yeah, but she's our daughter. That stuff that they put in her head, is that gone now? The, the river that we know in the future, she is in prison for murder. Who's murder? Will we see her again? Oh, she'll come looking for us. Yeah, but how? How do people even look for you? Oh, Pond. Haven't you figured that one out yet? I'm not sure whether that reference, by the way, you know, how do people come looking for you, is not a reference to the next episode when the boy summons him with the psychic paper. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, lots of things in there. I mean, we haven't really talked about these, uh, this... Uh, the person police ship. patrol, as yeah, it were, that this. go back through time, you know, righting wrongs that once went wrong. Now, where have I heard that somewhere before? Um, I didn't particularly like them, but I thought they were very well realized by the mill. Wasn't really it's a neat idea. The, the, the whole person ship thing is a neat idea. You know, it's not, you know, I, I you know, we've seen it before. Well, I don't know if we've seen it, but I Cyber Kings. You know, yes, that, that's true, too. But it's it's still a neat idea. And it's it's it was interesting seeing it realized here in this episode. And um, you know, I think it 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 worked well for. Again, this is just one piece that I like, but overall, together, I'm I'm not sure how it all holds up as a story. But no, I did. It, it, that's exactly what I think. I, as a story, I felt I felt as I've been misled, and and indeed that was probably what they were trying to do. I mean, I suppose we ought to give some kudos to them because so often we have been uh, where where too much. Was Even given, official spoilers yeah. have been too much to my mind. Um, not a question of people... Uh, uh, when I watched the, the latest Confidential, and again, uh, it was referring back to, I think, Victory of the Daleks, which uh, was another uh, Mark Gates' uh, story, wanted, the one we're going to do next, but um, uh, people were actually photographing the, the names of the actors are the characters that were playing that they put on the dressing room doors. But, I mean, when the actual official... Uh, uh, trailers, teasers, to me become almost too spoilerific. Um, it, it does. So, mm. in one sense, I, I should be pleased that they misdirected us, but let's kill Hitler really was just um, uh, a cardboard target, wasn't it? It was nothing yeah. to do with yeah. uh, what really happened. And there was an awfully lot of good things in here. And uh, very difficult to talk about it in, in a linear format, this story, because it was really the bits and pieces that you picked up during the course of it that actually made it worthwhile. And it, uh, one final thing from me, because I know you want to move on, is that this this episode really does bear watching two, three or four times. You get more out of it each time. 
Yeah, because that's a lot jam-packed into it. I'm going to probably give it three and a half TARDIS groans out of five This for this. Um, I, I just felt, the, and again, that's really because I, I liked a lot of the the pieces of this story, but the story as a whole, I, I felt a little shortchanged, but I, I do like um, the ingredients. Mm. <laughs> Maybe the overall yeah. meal wasn't as satisfying as I hope, but I, I do like the, the individual ingredients. Yeah. I, I should have said probably for me, uh, probably a three, but I mean, there are elements of it that really were worth waiting because we have been, let's face it, we've been strung along by, I mean, where, We've got to go back to the 11th hour for some of the, the plot strands that are being still pulled out. So we've been going virtually two seasons. Yeah, I think three is more appropriate, actually. Um, I, I, I think th- um, three three out of five TARDIS groans for me. Okay, and if people do, um, they're not on audio, if they put their rating in chat, I'm sure before we move on to the next one, uh, or, or if you're ready to move on, I can read them out now. If you want to read them out, um, I, I, should, yeah. I should just, yeah, you can read them out now. But I, I do want to remind people that this is a live show. And if you're listening, you can call in 724-444-7444. And the call ID number is 23358 for our show. Get yourselves in and in the queue and we'll want to hear from you. We're going to, we're going to, re- Dave, if you, right after you read out, um, some of the yeah. stuff that's in chat because there's a live chat session that goes on while we record this and um, we're, then we'll jump into our other review and then we'll take your live calls okay so if you can read out some of the certainly will do uh, Willis Girl four and a half out of five uh, two out of five for uh, Daisy Witch uh, three and a half out of five for Craftmaster uh, four out of five Protopod uh, three out of five Three and a half out of five for Guest 36. Four out of five for Chuck the Third. Four out of five from the Seventh Doctor. And uh, a... Oh, Cher Wells, is that 66? Four out of five for me. Uh, and Guest 26, four out of five. And uh, S. Michael, 68, uh, four and a half out of five. Yes, and Daisy Witch said um, it didn't feel like a Doctor Who episode to me. It, 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 I, I felt a little bit like that too. If it, you know, it just, I, I think maybe it, it could have, you know, some of those elements could have been expanded into an episode, but altogether, just it just seemed like a lot of, you know, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't really seem like a whole episode to me. Right. Okay, so what we'll do is, um, I guess, because you know, I'm just sensitive to the time. What I'll do, we'll we'll yeah. go into our review of the next episode. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll do live callers. Or you know what? Maybe we'll take a break now, and um, then go into because I don't see a lot of callers in the queue right now. So um, why don't I do that then? As I said, when we do take these breaks, it's to remind everyone about Audible because Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over eighty-five thousand titles to choose from in every genre, including science fiction, but not just science fiction, of course. They have thrillers, romance, comedy, business, well, a whole lot more. They, every you know topic and genre, they probably have it covered. Audible titles play on your iPhone and Android devices, Kindles, and over 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere, you know, similar to this podcast. And for you, listeners of Dr. Upachak, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial, so you have a chance to 
check out their service. And even if you decide, well, you know, it's not for me, you still can keep your free audiobook. So to download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. And as always, we like to make a referral or a recommendation of what you might like to choose. And uh, for today, we're looking at Doctor Who, Hunter's Moon. It's a story by Paul Finch, and it's narrated by Arthur Darvell, who, as you know, is um, Rory Williams in Doctor Who. It's basically what happened, well, without giving anything away, but Rory is kidnapped in this story and um, by a, a brutal crime lord, and the Doctor and Amy are um, try to infiltrate this deadly contest contest where fugitives uh, become the hunted. Um, this is a little bit from it here, and this is, again, uh, Arthur Darvell narrating. Malik ran as he'd never run before. He was young and strong, and though he'd been running for hours already, he knew that he could keep going for a while yet. This didn't mean that he wasn't aching all over, that his throat wasn't raw with gasping and panting. The air was foul in this place. It tasted bad. It smelled bad. It was filled with pollutants, but still Malik ran, sucking it in in great lungfuls. He was staggering along a corrugated steel conduit. As if such a surface wasn't difficult enough, it was streaked with oil and grease and strewn with a rubble of broken machine parts. And, of course, it was dark. It was always dark here. Inevitably, he stumbled and fell. He landed face first, a jagged edge tore his chin and lower lip, the pain lancing through him. The metallic taste of blood filled his mouth. He spat it out as he hauled himself to his feet. His wheezing for breath was so loud that he imagined it could be heard for hundreds of metres along the conduit. Not that it needed to be, because now, when he listened, he heard a clank clank of approaching feet. He turned sharply. Around the corner, some twenty metres away, a figure appeared. It was indistinguishable in the dimness, apart from its eyes, from which two red laser beams blazed. They swept from one side of the passage to the next, quickly pinpointing him. Malik shrieked and threw himself to the ground. There was an ear-shattering crump as an energy bolt struck the conduit wall close to where he'd been standing, showering him with red-hot shards. Though dizzied by pain and concussion, Malik wormed his way out through the smoking aperture. There was a drop on the other side, which for all he knew might plummet hundreds of metres onto more piles of scrap or into a corrosive sludge of waste chemicals. But in fact, he fell no more than a metre, landing on a rickety steel catwalk which shuddered as he stumbled along it. A ladder appeared to his left. He climbed down... All right, well, that's a little bit from Doctor Who, Hunter's Moon. It's an audiobook available at audible.com, and you can get yours. You can make this your free selection, but you can choose anything they have to offer. You can go to get your free audiobook. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. And if you're driving or you couldn't get that URL, just go to podshock.net, and you'll see the offer there on our website to get your free audiobook. So take advantage of it. 
Okay, so next up is our review of the following episode, Night Terrors, which is the latest Doctor Who episode that went out. And again, the reason why we're doing two reviews back-to-back is because of Hurricane Irene last week. We had postponed our show, so uh, this is the review that we would be normally reviewing this week. So we're sort of doing catch-up today by reviewing two. So Night Terrors is a... uh, is directed by Richard Clark and is written by Mark Gaddis, as Dave had mentioned earlier in our show. And Mark Gaddis is no stranger to Doctor Who. He's both uh, has written for Doctor Who and has been in Doctor Who as an actor as well. He's also was in uh, Sherlock too, since we mentioned Sherlock earlier. Uh, and this is uh, his story, which is um, Night Terrors. And um, as Dave mentioned earlier the doctor makes a house call when his psychic paper gets a message saying, um, you know, to, uh, well, that, 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 that terrifying monsters in this boy's cupboard. And it sort of reminds me of the crack in the wall in Amelia's room. And, and that's another thing we forgot to mention up at our, about our last review that, um, that Amelia is once again in that story let's kill let's kill hitler so it was good seeing that um they they keep bringing her back and it's um actually the cousin of of um yeah, karen, karen gillum karen gillum caitlin blackwood plays amelia pond so yeah this is um in, in a sense similar to that you know uh the doctor comes and and um, answers this call about this terrifying thing that's happening to this child and uh returns to earth and I have to say, before I go any further with this, that I, I do need to point out that I thought this episode was beautifully shot and has great lighting and the scenes and compositions were done excellent. It's, it was really done very well uh, technically and artistically. It was done very well. So uh, the story itself is pretty much a, um, you know, a... a a horror story for children, you know. I felt very much that this, um, it's it's a simple, fun episode. There's no real, you know, threat to Earth or the universe or anything like that. And I, I could really see how this would be scary for kids. Um, I mean, it has all the cliche, children's scary, iconic situations in this story. I, it's fine. It just I, I just felt it was really a great episode aimed at kids, and I felt it was more like a Sarah Jane Adventures episode than a Doctor Who episode, but um, and watching it, it did remind me a little bit of Fear Her, but not in a <laughs> an attacking scribble way, but more in a in a, like a Second Doctor mind robber way, where it, it's it, it kind of takes a little you know fantasy elements and, and and makes it real and all that. I got a little bored halfway through it, but the visuals kept me kept my eyes glued to the screen. Um, I didn't really feel much for the characters themselves, but it was still it's still a fun episode. There's some interesting points that uh, once again the eye theme, you know, there, there, se- there seems to be a theme with eyes since Stephen Moffat has taken over, and and, and I think Amy and Rory when they are um, are in that dollhouse, they find they open up a drawer and don't they see it like an, an, an eye there? Yeah. And even the, uh, yeah. and the doctor makes references that you know he has very old eyes and. Um, he can tell you that monsters are real. And so, um, I mean, I, that's probably just a coincidence that he mentions eyes again, but it's just interesting seeing how eyes constantly are being brought into Doctor Who episodes um, since um, Stephen Moffat has taken over. Well, yeah, there's a lot. I, I certainly 
got that fear her vibe. Uh, I believe from Tim that a lot of people that saw it together, uh, we had Hooverville over here in the UK and uh, uh, some people were watching a screening together. Oh, that's and, right. uh, some of the fe- feelings there were uh, it was fear her done well. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying everybody thinks that, but that was certainly an opinion that some people uh, were getting about it. Um, Sh- should I play the, the a, thing a, that, a clip before we go yeah. any further? I, I, f- I should have done Certainly. that first. I just realized that I... Oh, okay. I forgot to, uh, uh, this is your first clip, and then we'll we'll do another one after that. But um, be, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just figured, oh, let's play a clip. No, absolutely. How is he? He's in bed, at least. I'm worried about him. Why is he terrified all the time? He needs help. He's got us. He needs a doctor. Please save me from the monsters. Haven't done this in a while. Um, done what? What are you doing? Making a house call. Come out of there. Don't be so ruddy horrible. Trying to scare an old lady to death. Is that you, George? I'll tell your mum and dad. Amy? Hmm? Amy? Are you here? Here. Here! No! What happened to the lift? We were in a lift. Yeah, yeah, we were, I remember getting in oh. and then... What? We're dead, aren't we? Hey? The lift fell and we're dead. Shut up. We're dead. Again. Oh, shut up. Let's just find out where we are. Were you having a nightmare, son? It wasn't a nightmare. Rob wasn't asleep. Who are you? I'm the doctor. A doctor? Have you come to take me away? No, George. I just want to talk to you. What about? About the monsters. Maybe it was things on telly. Frightening him. Uh-huh. So we stopped letting him watch. Oh, you don't want to do that. Then Claire thought it might have been something he was reading. Great. Reading's great. You like stories, George? Yeah? Me too. When I was your age, about, ooh, uh, a thousand years ago, I loved a good bedtime story. The Three Little Sontarans, the Emperor Dalek's new clothes, Snow White and Seven Keys to Doomsday, eh? All the classics. Not in the cupboard. Why not in there, George? It's a thing thing we got him doing ages back. Anything that frightens him, we put it in the cupboard. That sort of thing. And is that where the monsters go? Yeah. There's nothing to be scared of, George. It's just a cupboard. (sighs) Front door. Ah. I, I love that <laughs> reference to uh, Santarans and Seven Keys to Doomsday and <laughs> great little throwback there. <laughs> one, one thing that just popped into my mind there, where he says, uh, you know, there's nothing to be scared of, George, suddenly reminded me of uh, the the Christmas Carol, the special, where where the boy's afraid of uh, things and he said, um, you, know, you know that, oh, no, no, it's not, it's somewhere else, isn't it? Is it the... Uh, is it from the 11th hour where the doctor says uh, something like, you know, when adults tell you that there's nothing to be scared of? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think it's, yeah, yeah the, I think it's from the 11th hour. Yeah. When, uh, I so, think he, he says it to Amelia, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, the, the strange thing is, the episode that we talked about, the Hitler one, was uh, virtually 50 minutes. This was just over 42, so eight minutes shorter. Yet to me, it seemed a long, it seemed a little overly long for the content that it had, mm-hmm. because it went a good. I mean, it, it was scary, but it seemed to take a long time to get up, and it was only really that last part where um, where where the doctor uh, and uh, the, the dad was sucked into the wardrobe. Dad uh, played, of course, by... Um, oh, where's his name gone? Lost him. Uh, the chap from uh, Ashes to Ashes, uh, Daniel Mays. Daniel Mays. Uh, played, yeah, played the dad. Uh, where they get sucked into the dollhouse as well. I mean, we had the little terrifying... I mean, uh, one of the things that we, I think we've always said, and, uh, and most of the people that commented on pod shocks in the past is the way that the, the lady who does the choreography, you know, whether it be scarecrows or whatever, or this, ever, you know, they really do imbue whatever creature they have with, with, with a personality and what, whatever. And these, uh, these dolls, apparently based on German peg dolls, um, you know, were really creepy the way they, they moved. And uh, it was scary. Uh, I mean, there's been some points made on our earlier show about, you know, why would the boy have a doll's house? But I just assume it was there. Perhaps it was his mother's family heirloom or something like that. Uh, But it made a fitting uh, thing. I don't know whether Seventh Doctor... I I didn't even think of that, you know. But, you know, I I think kids, regardless if you're a a girl or a boy, you have, um, you know, whether they're small matchbox matchbox cars or they're um, Lego buildings, you know, I mean, a a doll house, you know, it it doesn't necessarily mean that he plays with dolls. It just said it was just one of those things, you know, it's just like, you know, Star Wars figures or, you know, it's, it's just one of well, those anyway, things. It scared him. That's why yeah. it was in there. So it, I, I don't think it was his. I think it was probably his mother. Um, and and I should be reading a few things on the text as well here. Uh, one of the other comments that have been made about the general feel of this, I think it was Craft Master, was it? Uh, we've got a little bit of a sapphire and steel uh, vibe going on with this one, and Daisy, which agrees on that. I don't know if you ever watched sapphire and steel, Lewis, but some of their sort of. Mystical yeah, type. I, I haven't seen coach. it, but I, I know of it. I, I um, uh, though I, I haven't seen it firsthand. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that uh, I'd like to mention this time is the landlord, the uh, the chap with the dog. I thought he was going to be like Prisoner Zero. I thought it was going to be because he said, that, you know, I'm not as dumb as I look, and so on. I'm thinking, is he is he actually two cre- not two creatures, a man and his dog, but is it like that one we saw in the eleventh hour? You know, the, mm. if you remember that, again, we're talking about that flick camera scene where they're looking around and there's yeah. only one person not looking at the giant spaceship with an eye in it, but it's the it's the man with the dog. And it turns out, you remember when the, the, the mouths move together and they start talking together yeah. and mm-hmm. it's one creature. I think that was, again, just another of the red herrings. Yeah, I, I thought he was a very much a, uh, I don't want to say stereotypical landlord, but 
it's one of those characters that you know immediately who they are, you know, as a, you know, just upon he, he was an obvious suspect, wasn't he? That's the point. Yeah. You know, if, if you're thinking Unicorn and the Wasp is, uh, well, he did it. It must be him, you know. It's, it's one of those. And uh, I don't know whether, again, some doctor will want to come in the queue later, but um, one of the things that he pointed out was the, um, the fact that uh, we've got the Amy and Rory miniaturised again because they were miniaturised in the last... Episode. That's why I didn't see this as being that far fetched, you know, being minute because we just seen it in in the previous episode, and you know, so it's, it's something that was a little bit more acceptable than you know um, seeing it here. Daisy Witch points out in chat that story types are key to good horror and all that, and yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it is. I th- I think all the everything that we see here are your classic iconic. You know, and and I say cliche, but I don't really mean that in a negative way. But I'm just your classic iconic imagery that is associated with children's horror. You know, not 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 really adult horror, but for bedtime, you know, monsters in the cover type of horror, iconic graphic images. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have the line in 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 the first clip, but this when when the doctor quite early on says we're going to the scariest place in the universe. A child's bedroom. Mm. And I think this is actually, uh, I mean, again, some people have put it in text, you know, uh, uh, this was good. For, somebody said, this is good for children. Then somebody else said, well, I'm in my 30s and it scared me. Doogie448, uh, scared of the kids. I was creeped <laughs> out and I'm 34. So, uh, but I think they, they had to draw that fine line of. Um, it had to be nightmarish, but it couldn't be overly done. I mean, it went out a fairly early time in the UK, went out slightly earlier than last week. Uh, but one thing uh, I would know is that uh, if if you know that Mark Gatiss has a, a fascination with uh, horror films and early horror films, and he admits that he basically learned to read by reading horror books, uh, you know, at a, a very early book about it. I, I think very much this was Mark Gatiss uh, writing from personal experience as a young child, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the light's supposed to go out, you get your torch out, you get your book out, and you're reading, and there's um, uh, perhaps the wind's blowing, and the, there's a tree in your garden, and the, 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 the branches of the trees are wrapping against mm. the window pane, uh, and all the sorts of things that you, you're scared. Uh, the, the old lady that goes and is sucked in the bins, her main thing is when, you know, she's an old lady. So when we see her, she's an old lady. But the boy doesn't see her like that. All he hears is this strange wheezing noise going down the corridor and the clankety-clank of a little cart she's pulling and the, the rasping of her feet. And it's, you know, it's that, um, you know, uh, House of Horrors thing where you hear this sort of creature sliding mm. the legs down the... Yeah down the, the, the uh, thing. And so your imagination gets the better of you. And the, and the young boy um, who uh, played George, Jamie Oram, I thought he did an, a, an excellent job. Uh, certainly uh, in the delivered lines, it must be difficult for him to sort of sit there shaking because as we know, um, it might look as though he's only shaking for two minutes, but the poor lad probably had to do that for two or three hours and two or three days. So mm. he delivered his lines brilliantly well. Yeah, and he's playing a character that's, what, seven going on to eight? So yeah, yeah. He played a, a very young character. and Yeah, I, I, again, I, I felt it was more 
maybe better suited for, I mean, obviously, I mean, unfortunately, there's there's not going to be any new Sarah Jane adventure stories, but it, it seemed like a story, oh. it seemed like a story that's suited for Sarah Jane adventures, you know, maybe more so than Doctor Who. I mean, it, it, it's still a fun episode. It's just, I sort of equate it to uh, the first half of the series, uh, the Black Spot, what was it, Black, the Curse yep, of the Black yep. Spot. It's sort of like that, yeah. you know, where it's fun to watch. It's not, you know, anything that's... Um, you know, it's not going to really make that big of a difference as far as the overall series is concerned. And it's not going to be bewilder casual viewers, but that's exactly the, 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 my thoughts. Are. I can see the Rani and must get it right. This not uh, not uh, uh, Clyde, yeah, uh, with uh, you know the Rani and uh, Rani and Clyde, not the Rani, Rani and Clyde. <laughs> you know, uh, you know Sarah Jane saying go and knock on some doors, and Sarah Jane investigating. I can see. It, of working actually probably even better as a Sarah Jane story. Yeah, well, that's that. That's the, how I came away from it was that it, it seemed very much like a Sarah Jane adventure story. Well, let's. We, I think you have one other um, montage right, of clips yeah. from it, so let's play that and then we'll, we'll go from there. Don't growl at the nice man, Bernard. You don't mean to have said, Daddy, do you? No. Let's open this cupboard, eh? There's nothing to be... Sorry about that. So, have we got this thing open yet? No, 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 no! You don't want to do that. Why? Because George's monsters are real. What is it? No doorknob! Wooden pans, a massive glass eye, and no, no doorknob! And this clock. What? Look, the, the hands, they're painted on. How old? Yes, how old is George? Well, I told you, just turned eight. So you remember when he was born, then? Of course. Of course you do. How could you? Tell me about the day he arrived. It must have been wonderful. Well, it's the best day of my life. Sure. What's the matter, Alex? I can't... It... So? So look, look, Claire's not pregnant. What? Not pregnant. Well, of course not. Claire can't have kids! How can I have forgotten that? Who are you, George? <laughs> Obvious, isn't it? No! Doll's house. We're inside the doll's house. I can't stay in here. Get out! Uh, how? Take control, okay? Time to play! George is a tenser. Of course he is. I took him in the nest. A tenser. He's a tenser. We thought he wasn't wanted if someone was going to come and take him away. We, we talked about it. We just couldn't cope. We needed help. Yes, but George didn't know that. He thought you were rejected. Whatever you are, whatever you do, you're my son. And I will never, ever send you away. I sent someone about George. It's all sorted. Yeah, we had a great time, didn't we? Yeah. See? He's fine. Now, did someone mention something about planets and history and stuff? Yes. at the end there are seeds for the end of the doctor you know as far as um we still this is going to be you know planted in every episode where um calling back to the impossible astronaut where we see the doctor die so 
um, that still is a lingering question on you know how that's going to be resolved, which we all have to assume that will be the season yeah. f- series finale. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think I think it was no my fault. I think it was. You know, not so well tagged on this time. It was, it was basically just uh, tagged on to the end, uh, uh, not really in a subtle way. Uh, just to remind you, say, um, yeah, uh, uh, Darth's not with us in the room. Is he? Just checking. Uh, um, one of the things he was saying was that he, uh, although he, he thought most of the show was excellent, he, he's getting a little bit tired of this resolution of you know, if you love somebody, that saves the day. Because if you remember in the lodger. Uh, the 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 scene up in the, the the upper room, you know, all he has to do is say he loves his girl, and that solves that problem. In Victory of the Daleks, which was another Mark Gatiss uh, episode, um, the um, the Ironside chap, the uh, part roboty bloke, um, you know, uh, he, he had a bomb going off in his chest, and all mm-hmm. he had to do yeah. was believe that he loved his wife. Uh, he wanted to see his wife again, and that cured him where it might be more appropriate actually this is probably the more appropriate and I think this was the seventh doctor I don't like to be putting things because they can say it themselves but um, this is probably the one where it worked the best because in a children's story uh, love conquering all is an often used but quite legitimate use of a way of solving things where perhaps in other cases it's been used uh, with less belief well, so, didn't, um, wasn't that how the last series, the, the 2010 series, ended the series finale? You know, didn't it, didn't it sort of everything can kind of get resolved at the wedding because um, something because blew something? Believed, yeah. yeah, you know, and the, it was because of that belief thing. So, yeah, it, it seems to be an ongoing theme. Well, well, I mean, he has said Stephen Moffat that, that, that he sees the the Doctor as a fairy as a fairy yeah. tale mm-hmm. underpinning it, which uh, I I still don't really like and uh, yeah, I, and I, I am very much this season uh, judging each episode on its own merits but I don't uh, I think that the thing that uh, not jumped the shark but jumped the uh, jumped the uh, well it did a little bit in the Christmas invasion I didn't like uh, Christmas Carol sorry I didn't really like the, the shark pulling the rickshaw although you know because to me that is more fantasy and more fairy tale and, and I, am, I, I come from a more of a fan of hard science fiction, so I, I, that's probably why I like, uh, you know, John Pertwee's Doctor. The only thing I didn't like about that, that he was stuck on Earth, but I, mm, I, I yeah, like, same here. you know, yeah, I, I like that side of Doctor Who. I like this to be an explanation and so on. Well, same here. I, I'm of the same ilk, so, I, you know, I, I always, I've been saying that since the series came back, that it's um, not not so much in the Christopher Eccleston series, but, you know, especially with um, David Tennant and and still now, you know, the, it just gets a little bit too magical sometimes, you know. Uh, what was that, that? That Shakespeare episode with the witches and, you know, just everything was just getting a little bit not enough science and too much magic. And I, I know people will argue, well, you know, maybe it's advanced science and it just seems like magic, but it just, you know, I think that's just an excuse. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a lot going on in text. I don't know if you want 
some of it reading out. I mean, uh, Doogie448 is saying, what does the song say? I can't make it out except even for the Doctor. Uh, I must admit, it's, it's slightly difficult to read. I'm just... Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll again put in the wiki page link and just hope that somebody's very quick on the, the draw and can uh, find an actual text for it. But it's basically, you know, one of the things that we saw in the... the the little model house was that you know the the fingers of the clock coming to eleven o'clock I think it was and basically time's running out for the doctor. Uh, Daisy which says I for one would like to see more episodes like this unless of Amy the Amy arc. Well, it's interesting that Amy was turned into a wooden doll in this episode. So it wasn't Rory this time. It was Amy that was uh, turned into yeah. one. But, of course, at the end, it all everyone seemed to revert. You know, it was that big red button syndrome where every, everything got reset. You know, once the child was accepted, um, everyone sort of came back from from wherever they were. And, uh, um, and Amy was brought back as a human again with, I guess, a slight memory because she says, was I? And Amy says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, Daisy Witch puts. Uh, I'm going back a little bit. Um, Rory's getting rather bl- blasé about being dead. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible idea. Putting things that scare you into a cupboard. Good scary movies feel like they last forever. But I, I, I felt I, I couldn't believe that this was only four, 42 minutes because it seemed quite long to me. Yeah, I, it, the, the it, it did. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say that I during the middle of it, I sort of you know. I, I didn't drift away, but I was getting a little bored with it because I kind of pretty much knew where things were going. And then, um, I, you know, I, but again, I think really, as I said at the beginning of this, was the the visuals really kept me glued to the screen. I really, I thought um, the visual direction, the art direction, the, um, the, the, um, the composition and the lighting was really done masterfully well in this episode. So, um, and that really kept me because it was just a treat for the eyes, you know, and um, it was a delight to watch. Yeah, and I can't see in the wiki page what the actual text of that uh, song was. It's another reason to go. It's sort of um, the, those uh, um, children rhymes. I think didn't um, uh, what's that movie called? Freddie, that that movie series. Didn't they also incorporate a similar? like rhyme I, I can't remember how it goes but I, I think uh, at least the first one um, the, the first right. Freddy, Freddy movie and it's not called Freddy movie right. I can't think of it right off the uh, Friday the 13th no no not Friday the 13th it was um, 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 uh, it's going to come it's no. going to come to me later Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street thank you Daisy Witch oh. that's why we have chat right, right. <laughs> Nightmare yeah where the, the, the kids are singing some sort of rhyme and you know, it's just, and they, and it somehow goes. Freddie's going to get you, or you know, and they go one, two, three. You know, they, they, whatever. I, I'm horrible at this, but <laughs> you know, I, 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 I always think that, uh, you know, especially when the when they're empty. I mean, like um, fun fairs are clowns are. Um, in fact, I think there was some survey on the internet just a while ago about. Uh, the the top scariest things and I think clowns are about number five. Well, they mention clowns yeah. in this episode, you know, where yeah. you know he, they the father is saying all the things that he's afraid of, and he mentions clowns, and the doctor seems to, you know, agree or, or condone that, you know, like it's understandable, you know. Yeah, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> one, two, better lock the door. Yeah, um, but I, I think the, the real critics for this one, I think this is one we should leave 
for for the younger audience to to, to put the thumbs up. I mean. Uh, it uh, seemed very much aimed at younger. Yeah. You know, I, I know, yeah. um, you know, age doesn't matter with Doctor Who, but it seemed very much it was aimed for the younger viewers. You know, not to Which say that should be. not yeah, not, you know, not to say that older viewers can't enjoy it, but I'm just saying it, it seemed to be deliberately aimed. Like I said, it seemed more like a Sarah Jane Adventures story than a um, typical Doctor Who story. Okay, thanks. Uh, Clubmaster's just coming to leave. Um, uh, don't forget that as we come up to maybe when he, uh, Lewis wants to come to an end, you have to be very quick if you want to put yourself in the queue. Um, I th- I, we, re- we haven't had any ratings in the text for this one, have we? We, we read out the ratings for the first... Well, I, I'm going to say for this one... Well, what am I going to say? Um, probably a three again. I don't, I don't think it's one I'll watch that more often. Uh, having said that, I didn't particularly like uh, Let's Kill Hitler when I first saw it, but now I'm getting to really think that is a pretty good episode. Simply, as you said before, you know, if you pick apart the ingredients, there's an awful lot there. Um, but they either, you know, they oversold the cake in some ways. Mm-hmm. And while we see if those come in the queue, Guest 26, Child of Five, Chuck the Third, Three Out of Five, uh, Protopod. Uh, three, Daisy Witch. Oh no, no that's the quote. Uh, I was going to read that. And I should say, by the way, when I read the name of um, Sh- uh, Sherry's sixty-six, I thought it's Sharad, uh, 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 as from um, Sharad Jack. I think mm-hmm. that was where the name comes from. Yeah. From uh, Daisy Witch gives it uh, four point five out of five. So that's a. That's probably ah. one of the highest ones. Um, you know, highest ratings there from Daisy Witch. Yeah, I'm going to give it three yeah. TARDIS groans out of five. And um, I, and again, I really, again, hats off to the production of it. I really enjoyed um, the visuals. I think that it was outstandingly, you know, it was just done outstandingly well. I, again, I just want to remind everyone that if you want to put yourself in the queue, now is the time to do that. And as always, we give preference to... Podshock supporters, so if you would like to become a Podshock supporter, please go to podshock.net, and on the top there you'll find a banner there. It really helps. Well, it's actually the only way that we can do the show, so we do appreciate those that are Podshock supporters, and if you are a Doctor Who Podshock supporter, we'll give you uh, a bump up in the queue so that you'll be able to uh, chime in first. But a big thank you to all our supporters, and as always, it, it always does make a, a tremendous difference. Yeah, uh, and we should say again for people listening to this recording uh, at any time in the future, we have had a very large number of people in the room, and there's been rather an active chat. Sorry if your particular comment hasn't been read out aloud, but um, we, 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 there's certainly been a, an awful lot of uh, banter going on. And I should just say that if you... Uh, want to find out what has been said after the event, you can do so. If you know the show ID on TalkShoe, you uh, go to, and let me find the link quickly, www.chatgrabber.com, and I'll just put that in the list. Uh, and so, you pull so you get a transcript up. of the chat, right? That's right. You put uh, www.chatgrabber.com in. You put in the show ID number, and then if the show has more than one episode, you go on the uh, drop-down, pick the episode that you're interested in, obviously this one, 
and uh, you will then be able to read the text and all the links, importantly, that people have been put in. And a reminder that at 7 p.m. we'll be back here reviewing Hitchhiker's Guide. Well, we'll be reviewing uh, Torchwood Miracle Day for Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, which is a the, another show that we do, which is from the from the name is obvious that we cover British all British science fiction, not just Doctor Who on it. So we've been reviewing Torchwood Miracle Day each episode of that, and again, just like this one, we're doing two episodes. We're reviewing two episodes at once to kind of catch up after Hurricane Irene. So we are reviewing. Immortal Sins, which is episode 7 and episode 8, The End of the Road. And again, that's at 7 p.m. on Talk Show Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. So hope you can join us then. And if you are watching Torchwood Miracle Day and you want to catch the other reviews, uh, please subscribe to our feed and you can find that at artchop.com. But I guess that's um, that's going to wrap things up unless anyone wants to put themselves in the queue or call in. We want to thank everyone for yeah. listening and for um, listening to the live show. And Dave, should should I'm sorry. I was going to say, should, should just say that uh, next week um, the episode is uh, the Doctor Who episode is the girl who waited. Yes, yes. I, I, thanks for reminding me about that. So we'll be back next week for that. And uh, you can find Dave. Dave was referencing his other show, which is the Cultum Collective, which is on also on Talk Show at 2 p.m. on Sundays. And they um, reviewed this well, Night Terrors as well. So you can find that on Talk Show. Dave can give you the, the Talk Show number. It's 54821. And in fact, that's already up on the feeds. Okay, fantastic. All right, so I guess that will wrap things up for this episode. Um, again, I want to thank everyone for participating and and you, of course, Dave, for your help with the clips and co-hosting. And hopefully um, everyone will join us back at 7 p.m. for Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. You've been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented by the fan-run GallifreyNembassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and is presented to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible in support by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. Shut up, Hitler. Rory, take Hitler and put him in that cupboard over there. Now, do it. Right. Putting Hitler in the cupboard. Cupboard. Hitler. Hitler. Cupboard. Right. But I am the Fuhrer. Right. In you go. Who are you?